and welcome to Reality Roots with me, your host, Hillary. I'm so happy you could be here. I'm so happy I could be here. Kind of a different thing I'm going to try today. <laughs> I feel like we should, I don't know, I don't want to be so like experimental, but I want to try different things to see what kind of works the best, because I want to do the best that I can. I don't really know what that looks like sometimes <laughs> until it's already done, so... This week, I feel there's kind of a weird gap. I think I'm going to have kind of tonight to record and then probably not another chance for a couple weeks. Uh, just, uh, I don't know, just looking at the calendar, I thought, well, okay. I mean, the <laughs> thing is, it's really close to when I last recorded, so I didn't have time to take notes. So I'm doing it a little bit differently this way. It might be a little bit more off the cuff. And if it sucks really bad, then I can just delete it or not use it <laughs> and I will be pretty much in the same place that I was anyway so that would seize the day if you will <laughs> Sally would say loose lips sink ships this week though we're going back to Montel Ooh, we haven't seen Montel in a while. I think it was before my little uh, hiatus, end of summer hiatus. So that's fun. I didn't, I didn't want to go back right to Sylvia Brown. The thing is, Montel, Montel, I didn't realize how important he was for the true crime obsession I think that we all have today. It's, it's, it's so much true crime and so heavy. Like, it's not really funny. It's like, even things that seem like maybe they'll be funny, they're horrible. They're horrifying. It's like, no, I don't, I can't. Uh, this one is not horrifying, so that's kind of fun. It's still more serious than Ali, which is funny because it might even, I don't know, it's probably not that far off the time. I don't know what year this was, and I didn't really know what year that last Ali was, other than that it was internet, and internet was popular with teens uh i mean again i think those kids were probably my age so that was probably or the one girl who was in grade eight i think was my age so she was probably uh, yeah that was probably like 2001 i don't know when this is it could be that 2001 to 2005 anyway they're not that 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 far off i don't think they could be I trust Montel a lot more. <laughs> he seems to be taking it a lot more seriously than Sally takes anything, really. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. She's, it's hard to, I, sometimes I think Sally, Chelsea, Raphael is really genuine, and I really go back and forth on mm, how exploitative she is. I guess it could be both. Montel, I don't know. He just he seems more... I don't want to say more, I guess more genuine. He just seems more helpful anyway. He seems more interested in helping people. Almost maybe more like a Dr. Phil. I don't know if Dr. Phil really like helped help people. I trust Montel. I don't know what it is about him. I love Montel. Sorry to go on a little Sally tangent on Montel week. That's rude to Montel. I'm sorry, Montel. I apologize. I assume you're listening. So... Uh, anyway, this is kind of a lower stakes situation. This is why won't he commit? It's uh, it's kind of fun. It's got kind of a fun cast of characters. Um, Montel has a therapist who 
is helpful. It's actually a lot more helpful than anyone I've ever seen on Sally's stage. She seems to have done her actual homework and it shows. It really helps because she gives very like tailored advice. She says, yeah, just very spit. Like, I've been looking at your kid. I think like this, like, she's not just like after five seconds of meeting you. It's uh, I, just whatever I want to say. I liked her. She did well. She played well with Montel. Montel, of course, is always ugh, just such a fountain of amazing advice. Today, he's wearing a red shirt, a button up shirt, of course. It's kind of textured. Montel in his red shirt is talking to an audience pretty much full of women, except for one man in the salmon shirt. But everybody else is a woman, and he's, uh, you know, he's so charming. I can't do it as well as him, but he's like, ah, you know, women, isn't it always the way you just can't get that guy to commit? What is that about? Ah, so common. (laughs) The troubles of being a lady, am I right? It's funny as always guys that seem unwilling to commit. I feel like maybe we'll learn why today. I do have a lot of things to say about these people and their situations for sure. Especially as a love languages person again, it, I I read a lot of love language or I read this a lot through like a love languages lens. It was very interesting in that sense for sure. Very cool. But yeah, I think we're going to learn a little bit. And I'm going to I'm going to start out by saying uh at my university there was a course called Death and Dying. It was a very popular elective. It doesn't sound like it would be, but it was very popular. It was I don't know, it was just interesting. I think people I mean anybody doesn't matter what you're studying in school, right? Like that's helpful information to know about grieving and the grieving process. And I don't know, I didn't take it. That's the thing. I didn't really have a lot of room for electives. And the electives I took were pop music post-World War II, which was amazing, and, but pretty easy. And cults in North America, which was also very easy and extremely interesting. And a Thursday night class where... Oh, what a great class. It was a Thursday, 7 to 10, but 7 to maybe 8.30, mm, 8.15, probably maybe sometimes like 8 was a lecture part. You'd sit and listen and take notes, and then you'd go for a little break, and then you'd come back and watch a movie. It was movie time, guys. It was so fun. Um, it was uh, it was, and just genuinely interesting Cults in North America, guys. If you go to McMaster, if you go to school where you can take that, God, take it. Just get an easy A because it's so fascinating. Anyway, one of the classes I didn't take was death and dying. Ooh, there was also, sorry, there's also another one that was not, it was similar and a lot of people also took it, but it was on love. I think like, Mm, I don't remember what it's called, but it was about like relationship or like couples relationship, whatever. And it was taught by Dr. Love, which was weird. Kind of worked out that way. That was his real name, apparently. Back to death and dying, (laughs) the opposite course, which I did not take. Uh, A lot of my friends took. And one of the things that they told me, this is as good as taking the class, I'm pretty sure. I I got like the main bullet points. And one of them was that very typically, I think it 
seemed more like it's more on the wiring side of, you know, how uh, differently sex brains work um, is just kind of typically. And again, there's going to be guys and girls on both sides of this anyway, right? It's just like kind of a maybe overall average that a lot of times girls um, or women will grieve louder, but for an actually a shorter amount of time. Whereas a lot of men, maybe it is a gender norm. Maybe it's because it's more stereotypical that men don't allow themselves to grieve. So it could could be social, sociological, (laughs) let me throw in a big word today. It could be, you know, like a cultural or like gender, uh, gender culture thing as well, I guess. But anyway, they, they hold it in. Maybe a lot of people think like, Oh, they took it well, you know, they weren't upset, but overall it actually, um, extends the grieving. I don't want to call it even a grieving period. I don't think grieving really ends, but, um, it, and it, it prolongs the intense grieving process or the negative, um, manifestations of a grieving process. Um, more typically in men. So I feel like we see that in this episode of Montel for sure. Maybe that goes into like why they won't commit. I think we'll see how that ties in. Stay with me guys. (laughs) That might not make sense right now, but we're going to come back to that. So hold that in your mind. Montel charming as ever with his slick goatee um, introduces us kind of to his therapist. She's out on the street talking to people, getting the word on the street um, looking to find out from people, how did you get your guys to commit to you? How did you know they were the one? One woman is wearing a hat that I had. It's so embarrassing that I had it. It's like, how does she, I don't know what you call it. It's shaped like a bell, but it was really fuzzy. <laughs> I don't know why that was so, <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing, but I had one. So I noticed that immediately. They don't really have too much to say. I don't know. Uh, she talks to a couple that they're in love very much, but don't really have anything interesting to say about it um there's kind of an older couple married 47 years I don't know they're kind of awkward she's like oh I chased him I waited for him he went to the army he went to college I was here and he's like yeah she was totes there (laughs) it's like cool sounds amazing she uh yeah she just waited him out I guess that's kind of fun that's one way to do it. There's a guy who talks about long distance relationships. He has a scarf knotted in an instrument. He's got it. It's like he has this huge red scarf. They must have given this to him for the show just to jazz up his outfit or he has something maybe he can't show. It's just not in the stupidest way. It's just like a knot. Like just, just mm, it doesn't look right. That's not how you tie a scarf <laughs> in a knot, right? Just like. One over the other and around? Mm, no. Why won't he commit? That's the name. That's the official name of the episode. Dr. Debbie is the therapist's name. I think she's a therapist. She's wearing like a salmon blazer, black slacks, a heel, a boot heel. She looks fine. Her hair isn't good, but it's kind of of the air. It's like, ugh, it's that blow dried straight kind of curled under at the bottom two layers <laughs> I feel like they're always trying to give me this haircut I hate it it's not cute she's oh she has a PhD 
So, yeah, she's not an idiot. Like, I think you can definitely tell that. I just noticed Montel has the flag, his service flag, like, in the corners and stuff on the backs of the stage. It's kind of a plain stage. There's, like, a couple of vases, but that's interesting. Is his. He's a, I think he's a veteran. He talks about, like, the divorce rate. Um, there's, I don't know, why is it that people get divorced, I guess? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of reasons. She points out, this is, I think this is true, is that sometimes people are looking to get married. Like, they're talking kind of about, <laughs> it's kind of, why won't he commit? Huh, that sounds like a fun soundbite. But really... I think they're talking about, like, they really do dig into each couple, and they're like, why why do you want to get married, and why do you not want to get married? Like, to each of them, right? Like, where are you really coming from? They really, they really do dig into it. She kind of says, you know, it sometimes people use it almost like a, a security blanket, or like, I guess not because they don't have it yet, but like kind of an, a validation, or like, I'm feeling insecure about our relationship, So I think we should get married to, you know, so I don't feel so so insecure. So I really know, at least on paper, that you're committed. But, like, what does it mean as to the other person? Another side tangent. I'm actually in my second marriage, so I did actually understand, I think, a lot what she was saying pretty profoundly. As much as, you know, as deeply as you could understand that. Um, having lived through it. Montel kind of counters that as being like, yeah, but like there's a difference between commitment and a piece of paper. <laughs> like there's like that it's not, I agree with this too. It, there's a big difference between a marriage and a piece of paper for sure. Having been married twice, I can tell you that again, as best as anybody possibly could. I have currently a marriage like we are partners we love each other very much and we work together for a common like for our future together and the future of our family that's we didn't get married actually like we we were already kind of working on that and then I guess we like officially got married this kind of goes to like a love languages thing as well and again we're going to talk to each of these couples about what marriage means to them But for me, when we did kind of talk about having been married once, I also understand most of the people on like most of these guests are also second timers um, or would be second timers if they were going to get married now, I guess. Um, And it does it doesn't put you on a strong footing again from experience to push for a marriage and be like, I want to be committed. I want to be with you forever. But, like, I did also already do that, and it also wasn't forever. So, you know, it's, kind of, it's just kind of like a hard mm, position to, I don't know, swing from, if that is a saying. I guess it could be a saying. Then, I guess he kind of says, like, then guys get it sort of in their heads that it's really, like, they don't want to get married the second time because then they're like, oh, it already happened the first time. To them, I guess that's like from there. So the yeah, so the women who I think everybody or like at least half of them have already been married once, and the women are like, 
I want to get married because it's like a commitment. And the guys are like, well, first of all, you did, we, we did it once and it wasn't that. So not great. And then also like that relationship was shitty and our relationship is good. And I don't want our relationship to turn shitty. So like, oh, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, they feel hesitant about it coming from that place. Montal introduces us to our couples, but he just like blows way past them <laughs> so fast. Why are you like this, Montal? That's so rude. It's like, <laughs> it couldn't be any faster. Just bam, 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 bam. We have some couples that are here. Angie and Jared, Mandy and Jeff, Yvonne and Mike. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the why? Even in common, like just in polite conversation, do you ever just like blow or have somebody, you walk into a new circle of people and they're like, here's 18 names. And you're like, cool. okay, why would I ever possibly be able to remember one of them? Like, this is no way to do it. Uh, that doesn't, that doesn't ever work. That's what it kind of felt like to me. So Jared and Angie... I think they're pretty much the youngest couple. They've been dating for almost six years, and they have a 10-month-old daughter, Jarrod, J-A-R-R-A-D, Jarrod. Um, so anyway, since they've had the baby, she's been pushing the idea of having or of getting married. They have a 10-month-old. Definitely when Dr. whatever her name was, don't remember, because <laughs> Montel just bombarded me. Was it Heather? It literally could have been anything. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Sam and Blazer. She, this is definitely who she was talking about when she was talking about this. And this, I think I'm just going to talk about them couple by couple because it was way too confusing, even just watching it, like to kind of go through, uh, <laughs> to go through, he kept flipping around. It wasn't like, now we're talking to you and now we're talking to you. Now we're talking. It was just like, he kept flipping back and forth to kind of make different points which was fine. I didn't mind it for a talk show. It just made it really difficult to follow uh, as far as recapping something goes. But this is more of a loosey-goosey one anyway. And you know what? Montel is kind of fitting for that because he doesn't say a lot of stupid things. Um, and his editors are relatively kind to people. So um, <laughs> there's not really as much to kind of poke fun at anyway. It's more just my interpretation, I guess, of uh, these people. Anyway, uh, Jarrod and was it Angie? Jarrod and Angie. Angie has blonde hair. She looks pretty cute. Again, she has the like blow dry straight flippy at the bottom hair. It's blonde. It's fine. They're from Canada for sure because at one point she said something. She, I am from Canada and I, I can't. I guess I wouldn't be able to tell normally. I mean, Canada is a big country. There's a lot of different accents, but like. At one point, she's talking to Montel, and she's like, well, I'll ask him about that. And it's like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> we got to rain those in. So, I don't know. As a Canadian, I felt some secondhand embarrassment for that. About, I didn't know about that. Ah, poor Angie. Um, Angie looks fine. I think, I mean, she's 10 months postpartum. She looks great for being 10 months postpartum. That sounds like a backhanded compliment. Maybe it is. I just, I know that that's a hard time. It's like puberty. I just don't hold it against you. Like, it sucks for everyone. So, I, you know, don't, I don't know. Uh, Jared looks so 
uh, I don't know. He looks like kind of a mm, warehouse manager energy. He does work in the warehouse, so maybe that's I got had a little had a little help on that one. But his ears stick straight out like little triangles, and his hair. Ooh, oh, remember the oldest brother on Home Improvement, Brad? Was it Brad? <laughs> he had a name. He was someone for a minute. Zach. No idea what I'm right. I'll look it up later, and then I'll put it in the description. So look for the description. Um, this, I wouldn't say it looks, maybe like a, like a, Mm, he's not as cute as him. Close to a 30-year-old version version, version of the oldest brother from Home Improvement. Definitely that's the hairstyle. It's like, it's kind of long and it's kind of short. And there's a part in the middle and then it loops out to the side. But like, it doesn't touch his ears. Kind of a, I guess for a guy, it's sort of a medium length. He looks like he is being held here at gunpoint. Absolutely. <laughs> um, basically, uh, this is a rough time. This is proven scientifically to be a rough time. I believe a lot of marriages, I think, in studies that I don't have the receipts for at hand. So don't <laughs> don't ask me. I can point you in the book. I know the book that I read this in. Um, but I think it's like in the first zero to two years, like a lot of couples break up when they have a child. And that child is zero to two years. Everything changes. You, like, um, whoever is the main child care provider is probably, you know, you have to make your child your priority now. Um, Sometimes that's difficult to do. It means that your priority is no longer yourself. It definitely means that your priority is no longer your partner. So that can be a very... That can, that's, well, it is a very big shift in the dynamic of how everything works. I imagine it is. I only have one kid, but I imagine there is a similar shift every time. But definitely that first one, um, deprioritizing your partner inherently, both of you, um, just to kind of prioritize, you know, this tiny little baby that needs all the help in the world because they can't do anything for themselves at that point. It's a big shift. And any cracks, or fissures in the relationship are definitely going to blow apart (laughs) under the pressure or are a lot, there's a lot of pressure. So they're more likely to blow apart um, if they exist already. It never makes, it pretty much never makes a relationship stronger. Like it does in the end, maybe after like 20 years and you look back and be like, wow, look at this thing that we like this experience that we shared. But uh, no, <laughs> for zero to two years, no. <laughs> Gratitude all around is pretty pretty low on the ground, I would say, for everyone at that point. Um, it does, I mean, yeah, it, it gradually gets better. But yeah, it, Angie kind of says, like, well, I've been at home now. I'm definitely not, you know, I don't talk, if, I've, if any of us has said it ever, like, we've all said it a million times. It's also not just a shift in the relationship, but uh, in that first year, if you are uh, like, if you have the privilege of maternity leave and you're not working and you're staying home all day with a baby, that's a vibe. <laughs> that's different. That's work like no other work, except for being a nanny, maybe, I guess. But even still, it's like a tw- it's not because if you're a nanny, I think you definitely you have to have time off if you're a 
unemployed, but as a parent, you don't get that luxury of time off. It's like a 24-7 gig. So she says, she admits, she's not, she's like, I'm not the same person. You know, when he comes home, I'm not the same person that I used to be when he'd come home. Um, I think that what I'm doing has a lot of value and benefit to the family, but I don't think that he always sees it that way. Um, she, at one point they ask her like, well, do you think he'll marry or something? And she's like, I believe he will marry me one day. Well, like kind of not really. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like, that's good. Like you have to say it out loud. Like it's not helpful to just say the right thing. <laughs> you have to say how you really feel. Um, to fix it they also Montel goes through this whole body language breakdown of everyone at one point and he points out like Jarad's hands are like he's holding like his own hands kind of on his lap awkwardly and and she kind of wraps her arm like under his elbow and tucks it in and Montel points out that she has repeatedly tried to like tuck her hand into his hands and he has not been receptive of that <laughs> Montel's like he is holding his own hand like that is uh you know that's a choice it always is I guess <laughs> to hold your own hand that way and not your wife's especially like this like you must feel so vulnerable opening up like this on TV, I feel like you could give her some comfort. Um, so anyway, Angie, I think is very, obviously she's feeling very insecure. She is not working. So she has to ask him for money, which she feels weird about. Um, she feels like they're going to, she says that she envisions, they're like, well, what do you see happening if you don't get married? And she says, well, I would see us just like living more and more and more like increasingly separate lives and then just eventually completely separate lives, but like living under the same house. But it's like, why would getting married change that? Like, <laughs> if that's your fear, first of all, that's not great. Like, that's not a great place to be in in a relationship if you foresee or if you can foresee that happening. That's not good. Also, again, why would a piece of paper change that? Like, I think that's going to happen whether they do or not. It's almost like a, a, a sister-wise situation where it's like, if you just keep putting, you know, oh, we just have to move to Vegas. Oh, we just have to get into these houses. We just have to finish the school year. We just have to get through the commitment ceremony. Like, if you're always that one next thing, that's not a great sign for your relationship because eventually you're going to run out of things. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's just going to happen. Um, maybe that's even why she had the baby in the, I'm not, I don't know that. I don't think that comes up on the show at all, but I think it's not out of the question to think that maybe that is how this baby happened in the first place, I guess. Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. Dating six years. I feel like, yeah, he might just not be that into you. I don't know. I'm looking at his face, and he doesn't really look that into her. Again, <laughs> he looks kind of pissed. I don't know if they're going to really make it or not. Maybe I'll have some more thoughts by the time I finish, because I'm sure I'll think of more things as I keep talking. Again, I'm, this is kind of a weird way for me to do it. But let me know if you like it. Let me know if you hate it. If you don't tell me, again, I won't know, so then you can't complain, I guess. Um, the next couple is Mandy and Jeff. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts about these people as well. So Mandy and Jeff 
have been together two years and she is currently pregnant and she has also a baby from a previous relationship, uh, a three-year-old daughter from a previous relationship, Mandy and Jeff. Mandy is wearing the neatest color, <laughs> kind of like an aquamarine little cardigan. It's cute. I like her hair. It's not that awful brush under thing that I'm looking at. She has the, I remember this at the time as well. This was very uh, early aughts, uh, the zigzag part. <laughs> like her bangs are kind of parted one way and then the rest, I don't know if there is a part behind that. It looks kind of a, an up. Fair enough, because I haven't really let go of that myself either. Jeff is like a, I don't know, he looks fine. He's wearing a short sleeve black button up shirt. He looks like kind of more just a chill guy, I guess. Like overall, I would say out of all these guys, I think he just is probably <laughs> <he's> the laziest. <laughs> like, I think the other guy probably actively doesn't want to get married because probably deep down in his heart, he knows that they are not really in love. That's just my own <laughs> my own hot take on on the Jarrod and Angie. Um, but Jeff and Mandy, I think he did just. I don't know. I just he seems unmotivated. He seems overall unmotivated just to do things. Maybe that's just I don't know. <laughs> Again, this is all this is a heavy on speculation episode. Well, Mandy has hoops. She looks pissed. I think that's kind of I don't know. I, she looks like she's had it. Like Jeff just seems like such an easygoing, nice, ha 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 guy, and she is like just staring straight ahead. <laughs> like she doesn't look happy. What Montel points out for them for um when they're talking about the body language this really like unlocked this unlocked everything for me it is a i i don't even know okay she's pregnant whatever her family she said her family doesn't pressure her but they let her know that that would be the right thing to do and i was like this kind of sounds like they're passive aggressively <laughs> like kind of pressuring you but i guess that's good <laughs> um if you don't feel that way but um and you know she's like well I think it should be a commitment and I think they ask her like what does marriage mean to you and she's like, it's two people becoming one person or like becoming that like unified team um that it had that's what she that's what she said it meant to her that was her words um now I for me okay I said it probably every episode but my love language is words of affirmation and when I was learning about that I and thinking back on it because there was a time where I, I with like with my current husband again we were together a long time before I think we were together what eight eight years before we got married we had already had our son and before we had our son and we were talking about getting married and it was something maybe more at that time that I wanted uh, more than he did and I remember saying specifically that I where he he said like you know why is it important to you what does it mean to you and I, was, I said <laughs> I said I just want to, like, I think it's important to have that ritualized, um, rit or ritualized ritual, <laughs> um, to do it in like a ritualistic kind of way, um, to say the words in front of people, um, like say them out loud and verbally, like make that commitment in the words. Like I want to hear the words <laughs> in the ritual, like, they, that was it to me. I didn't want a lot of people, even at the time I said, you know, we could have just us and 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 witnesses. <clears throat> that would be fine with me. It's just about hearing the words. And looking back, I'm like, oh, what a giveaway. <laughs> That's my love language, right? 
So that was Mandy's answer. Well, that was my answer. But Mandy's answer to what it means was about being unified and becoming one, which is true. And I even having been together a long time before we got married, I do feel like we did become more unified having been married or like after we got married. But um, what I thought was a lot more telling was that when Montel was going through everybody talking about their body language, like they're all sitting on these love seats in front of the stage and Montel and the salmon blazer lady are sitting on the stage looking at them and kind of conversing with everybody. So he points out that the whole time they're leaning into each other, like they're shoulder to shoulder, their their whole upper arms are touching each other. They're not holding hands at all. I think it seems like he's looking at her more than she's looking at him. She looks just kind of mad, um, maybe about the whole situation, but um for when they talk to him about you know why don't you want to get married or whatever um and they point out the body language and stuff and he's like I'm just happy if I'm touching her like I just it just I love it like I love that I just get to like feel her warmth next to me and you know like feel her warmth next to my heart beating and just me it's very sweet like it's really nice what he says and I do believe that he means that and he's looking at her like he loves her so much but what she responds with like she I don't think she gives a fuck <laughs> to be honest about their shoulders touching her feeling his warmth next to her I think that well, I don't think, I know that the first the first thing that she says after that, the first thing that comes to her mind is she says, last year I got, I bought you a ring because I wanted it to be like a symbol of my commitment to you. And I thought, gifts, <laughs> you're a gifts person. And he is a physical touch person. That's the disconnect like we can see that he loves her and we can see that she does not feel it at all she's like no I don't care like touching my shoulder isn't doing it for me that's not what I need and basically again they didn't say I swear I almost heard one of them say love language I bet there's some kind of copyright thing because there's a whole like bunch of books about love languages and stuff so maybe I'm gonna get sued I hope that doesn't happen but anyway for whatever reason I'm not on national tv so I'm probably good you guys just be cool okay I don't tell anyone uh but uh Montel's yeah he I think he kind of he, I swear he's like it's the language it's the love language and then like he kind of cuts himself off or something cuts him off I don't know but uh he yeah that's what they kind of try to explain they're like okay we can see you love her is it possible that like, she, like she, not as impossible, but we can see she is upset because she's not getting the type of, like, love that she needs. Like, she's not getting it reciprocated. She gave you this gift, and she felt it was a symbol of, you know, commitment in your relationship, and she wants you to reciprocate that gift because it's an important symbolism <laughs> to her, not the shoulder touching. Nobody cares about that. What I found weird is, like, I didn't understand why he was like he kept being like well I just think that if we're gonna do it like we have to do it at one point he said the legal way and I was like I don't think anybody is suggesting an illegal wedding like I don't know or like an off the books wedding I don't I don't know what he meant I think he meant formal 
wedding where like he's like well if we're gonna do it we're gonna like invite a shit ton of people maybe he wants to wait till after the baby so she can wear a big dress or they have more time to plan or something or money I don't, I don't know it really wasn't clear why they couldn't have this big wedding she said she'd be happy to not have a big wedding and he was the one that seemed to be like well if we're gonna get married we're gonna have like a fucking wedding though um and for whatever reason they can't do that they did um to go back to Jared and Angie for a second. Um, they did also talk with them about, like, they were like, "Well, Jared, when do you think you would be like ready, or what's what is the thing in your head that you're like, oh, once once that, then we'll be ready." And he was talking about financial stability and stuff, um, but it wasn't really, it didn't seem accurate. Like they kind of were like, "Well, are you ever really like financially stable?" Like. Anything could happen, you know what I mean? It just like, I don't know. Oh, and then it came out that they'd been having fights about money over the last ten months, and they have a ten-month-old. Isn't that something? Again, it's a, it's all very expensive to have a zero to two-year-old. I mean, it isn't. It isn't. I guess it's not. I mean, diapers are expensive. If you're using formula, that's very expensive. If you're in the states, I imagine like doctors' visits and stuff is very expensive. And then you can't work. Or if one of you is not working, um, then that's not as much income coming in. So, yeah, a lot of <laughs> that's another, you know, reason that that zero to two firstborn age is a real pressure cooker on the marriage is that it's also can bring up a lot of financial problems to deal with and work through together. But Jeff and Mandy didn't, I don't know, they didn't really mention financial financial difficulties specifically uh well she already has a three-year-old daughter too i don't know i i don't know it's it's by the end of it spoiler alert (laughs) by the end of it these are not the two couples that i think they're kind of like i think you two can make it work they seem to sort of doubt these couples again i don't know that i mean jared and angie are in like the worst probably part of their relationship so if they come out of it or not I have no idea maybe they do maybe they don't that'll be more probably like them deciding you know how much work they want to put into it or not similarly I think Mandy and Jeff probably I can see they have different love languages I can see that his is being met with touch at the moment I can see hers is not with gifts so I don't know. <laughs> it depends if he can learn how to, you know, fill her love tank with gifts. Um, you know, if he can understand that that's important to her. Hopefully she doesn't get mad and start withholding physical touch. I don't know. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in a relationship. But I don't feel like it's unsalvageable. He does really seem to love her a lot. She does seem really bad. So we'll have to see. If they got through to him with the love languages talk, I think these cats might have a chance. The last couple is Mike and Yvonne. They've been together for eight years. And Yvonne says, yes, no children. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Yvonne, I know. I can tell. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. Um, Yvonne, look, okay, I don't want to be rude. I'm sure there's, like, nice people that work at the DMV. Yvonne looks like she works at the DMV. Or she looks like, um... I don't know. She, I, um, I'd love, I'd love for Yvonne to go on like, what not to wear. I bet those, and that was a really big show, I think, too, at this time. So, 
yeah, if if Yvonne could go on what not to wear, I think that would behoove her. She has a bit of a gap tooth. She's not. She's got, and I say this because I do too. You know what is nice about um, her and oh, I almost said Jeff Mike. You know what is nice about Yvonne and Mike? I bet um, Yvonne has a bit of a five head. I've got one too, so. I feel like it's okay to say that. <laughs> um, she's got a big forehead, and Mike is balding. So I feel like they're kind of well-matched. Mike does have a pretty awesome mustache, though. It's like that thick triangle kind of mustache. Kind of looks like it would fit up in the bald spot. Like, Well, because it's going from the front, so it kind of looks like if you cut it out and like put it in, you kind of give him... Not a full hairline again, but I don't know. Maybe that's his plan. Who knows? Um, Their shirts are fine. Or their outfits are fine, I guess. They're like, whatever. It's a cardigan. Her hair, Yvonne's hair is so bad. And the makeup is really bad. And she has the, okay, again, glass houses. But she has the really thin eyebrows. And her eyes are, I don't know. Her eyes are kind of small. Again, what not to wear, I think, would do wonders. Uh, Mike has his kind of a sweater with, like, a button or the collared shirt underneath. He just looks like an old man. If anybody's here from Sister Wives or if there's any trash bags here, I love you, first of all. Love you. Um, second of all, this is what I imagine Ace's dad would look like. <laughs> and, if you're not, and if you're not a trash bag, I apologize. You can skip, skip back. Uh, <laughs> skip back 45 seconds and then skip ahead 45 seconds so you can miss it. I'm sorry. Um, Mike and Yvonne, they're, I don't know. This is the one that, this is the golden couple at the end. They're like, I think you young kittens are really going to make it. They're older. They're visibly older. They're probably in their 50s. Um, and Yvonne has given him an ultimatum. She says, if we don't get married in the next year, GTFO. Oh, Mike has a ponytail. I didn't see that before. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, he's got a little man pony right at the bottom. Oh, that's too bad. Um, well, if he doesn't turn his head to the side, <laughs> it looks fine, I guess. Anyway, he, uh, he, <laughs> sorry, he's like, Montel's like, well, you know, what's going on? Or, you know, you've both been, because they've definitely both been married before. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, like, I don't want to jump into anything. And Montel's like, you've been together eight years. <laughs> I think you're good, buddy. I think, I think it's been long enough. Like, I think you're, you're good. Um, it's not really jumping in, but these two are the ones that um, have not processed. This was the grief or the, the death and dying course. Um that's what informed me about that couple most particularly is they've both been divorced before, but Jeff's like, and this is the thing again, I, Jeff, I, Mike, Mike, um, Mike, you know, he also talks about how much he loves Yvonne and he kind of goes into this thing where he's like, they've been engaged. Okay. I didn't, I forgot to say this part. Sorry. They've been together eight years. They've been engaged for six years. <laughs> so they've got kind of like a, 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 Pam and Guy from the Warehouse. Uh, I don't know. The guy who gets all weird at the end. Um, Pam. 
and the other guy, like, they've been engaged way longer, than, or not way longer, but more than half the time, three quarters of the time that they've been together, they've been engaged. And he's like, I got so excited. Even Yvonne says she was like, I got surprised with like balloons. Like she was like, I was floored. <laughs> like he showed up with balloons and he did this whole proposal and it was awesome. And then like, he's like, yeah. And I did all the things and like, I can get this paper. I can do this. And then one, as soon as it like came time to like set a date, I was like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> He just like freaked out. It seemed like. It seemed like he genuinely did want to marry Yvonne, but literally that there was this fear holding him back. Um, they kind of flipped it at one point to talk back with Jared and Angie, and they asked Jared specifically what he was afraid of, because they were like, people are motivated by fear 99% of the time. So, like, what what what's making you afraid to get married? And he couldn't name it. And they were like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. You should... If you can know what it is about it that scares you, then you can address it. But if you don't know what it is about it that scares you, that's not a great place to start from. We have more work to do. <laughs> we have a lot more work to do. Um, anyway, Mike and Yvonne, I think that Mike really does want to do it. Like I said, I think it's it's that even he kind of says, he's like, yeah, I don't, maybe I didn't really process like everything from my first divorce. <laughs> right. And Yvonne's like, yeah, you didn't for sure. It's like, what fights are we having that she seemed to already know that maybe he wasn't, uh, you know, hadn't fully processed that. I do feel like it is. I do feel like I know a lot of guys that are like very affected by relationships that they had that went badly in high school. Like, I can think of several guys that still kind of carry that around with them in their 30s where I don't really think about any of my high school relationships at all. Um, again, I don't know uh, what that means. Maybe, again, it's part of this prolonged grief period or extended grief period. I don't know. But anyway, Jeff, yeah, he def or Jeff, he just looks like a Jeff, that's all. Um, Mike with the ponytail... He he does seem genuinely to be scared, like, oh, shit, 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 like, I want to do it, but then, like, oh, I don't want to do it. Uh, that I got. But then Yvonne is like, well, I got over it, you have to get over it. And, like, they're like, well, maybe it's hard for him to get over it. And she's like, but I was in the same spot. And I was like, no, you weren't. It was You didn't have the same marriage. Like, I think you definitely have different things. To, you know what I mean? That's not every marriage is different and every divorce is equally different. So I don't think you went through the same thing. I think you went through a similar thing, but a bit of a stretch to call it the same thing. So I think maybe, yeah, she just needed to be a little bit more compassionate with Mike um, for that. And he needed to process, <laughs> like go. And Montel is like, I thought this was really good. I think this is good for like, uh, I don't know, masculinity as like a whole or, mm, you know, it, 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 was, it was in line with kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's not, it kind of goes both ways, I guess. It's not to be overdone. But Montel, I think, and I think it is important particularly for Mike specifically, like Mary Jared is like young, of a younger generation. Maybe he is more open to therapy. Mike's a bit older and I think it in a very helpful and like not condescending way Montel kind of takes a minute to be like 
hey, Mike, like, I go to therapy, too. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, and, and Montel is like, I've already been divorced twice, so I definitely see where everyone's coming from. Um, but, like, you can go to therapy. Like, it's not... You, I go to therapy, you can go to therapy, it's cool. And he says that he'll hook them up with therapists. And I hope that he does because, yeah, I don't know, Yvonne and uh, he and Mike, Mike Jeff, uh, but not Jeff. Yeah, they, they really do seem to maybe kind of love each other, I don't know, the most, in the best way, <laughs> I guess, out of all of the people um, on the stage. And then kind of when it wraps up, Montel does a Kermit voice that I, I, I'm kind of obsessed with, to be honest. He says, like, he's like, well, you know, because he's trying to get, like, a kind of wrap-it-up answer from the therapist. Like, it's cool that he dives so deep into each of these little, like, relationships. It's nice to get, it's nice to not misconstrue, misconstrue the situation or, like, whatever. It's nice that, like, they really get in there and, like, dig into specifically these relationships. But then at the end, he's like, well, what can we say generally? Like, how can we get people to commit? Why don't people commit? And she's like, well, that's, I can't, so I can't give like a blanket answer for that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and when they're going through this, Montel's like, I bet there's a lot of women. I see a lot of people in the audience. And I bet a lot of women at home that are out here that are like, oh, oh I don't know. I thought it's like maybe him. No, maybe not. And I was like, <laughs> Wow, when did Kermit get here? That was so weird. Well, okay, I loved it. Oh, I wish of all these talk show host people, I feel like I'd date Montel. He's definitely the most likable out of all of them because he's the most genuine. I think that's pretty much all I have to say about this episode. Sorry, possibly not sorry for the randomness of this. It's always kind of hard to make Montel funny, but I hope that it was at least entertaining and I didn't bore you with uh, my own personal stories. I do feel like this gave me more of an opportunity to um, share more about myself, I guess. It's not that I mind doing it. I just usually feel like I have so much to say about the episode that I'm like racing because otherwise I'm like, I can't put out a three hour episode. That's stupid. Nobody's going to listen to that. So, um, but I know that I have at least an hour and a half to say about the episode. I feel like already I leave things out and it's still an hour and a half. So, you know, I hope that you liked this, um, slightly less structured, more loosey goosey, a little bit more personal episode if you didn't let me know if you did also let me know how can you let me know well the best best of ways would be to give me um a nice little five star rating that'd be cool uh friendly friendly positive type review that'd be rad uh you could subscribe that'd be super cool just so cool keep listening <laughs> come back that'd be, that'd be awesome uh if you want to reach out more directly you can email me at realityrootspod at gmail.com you can find me on facebook at reality roots podcast that's pretty much it um if i don't if i reject you on facebook it's because i got spam so just send me an email if you're if you're concerned about it um you know, just let me know what to look out for and I'll definitely accept you for sure. I don't have any, I'd love more people to follow me on Facebook. So, um, yeah. And if you have, uh, anything to get off your chest, just let me know. Thank you for being here until next time, guys. 
as always, take care of yourselves and each other. Okay, bye.